Welcome to Sweat the Details, brought to you by Nest Realty. I'm Keith Davis, and I'm joined today by Jim Duncan and Jonathan Kaufman. Today, we'll bring you something a little different from our normal episode. We call our show Sweat the Details as we talk about what is important to each of our guests and the details of those leaders sweat each day to help their organizations succeed. Periodically, we'll have shows like this, where the three of us discuss what is important to Nest and the details we sweat, where we focus our efforts to create growth and strengthen our brand. I hope you enjoy this discussion of Nest Realty and how we compare the recent success of UVA men's basketball and the foundation we are working to lay for our clients, agents, and brokers. Well, we're going to have a fun conversation here today um, talking about the UVA men's basketball team who recently won their first national championship. Uh, As a UVA grad myself, it was a pretty amazing uh, and fun ride watching and following this team, not just this year, but over the past couple of years. So uh, really, I think, interestingly enough, I think just me personally, you know, no matter what I do, whether it's watching sports or going uh, on vacation to Disney, I always look at these situations and say, what can, what can I, what can we as a brand learn from this? And there's a lot of relevance to this UVA men's basketball team and their run and us as a brokerage or, or really any uh, agent or brokerage out there. So some things that, that I think is going to be fun to talk about today. And just to give a little bit of context to this situation, a quick quick history of UVA basketball. So, uh, you know, over the past, um, you know, 20, 30 years, this has not been a uh, uh, one of the as they say, as they as they say, one of the one of the blue bloods of college basketball. We've had we've had our ups and downs as a program. The the, uh, the program back in 1995 went to the Elite Eight, went through a little bit of a uh, downturn for for some years. Um, uh, had had some tourney runs, but you know they were getting five seeds and eight seeds in the tournament, and and just didn't have much success. Uh, back in 2006. The program um, was fortunate enough. The university was was uh, was fortunate enough to build an amazing arena, uh, John Paul Jones Arena for the team. And then ten years ago, uh, Tony Bennett um, joined uh, the program as the as the head basketball coach. Um, and s- over the past ten years, it's been uh, it's been kind of a uh, I wouldn't say slow, but could, but kind of a you know, I wouldn't say meteoric, but a, a nice rise to consistent success with uh, two ACC championships, um, consistent NCAA tournament bids, um, and then not to harp on this, but what happened in uh, just last year was is UVA after um, winning the ACC regular season and the ACC tournament and being the number one overall seed was the first number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. Um, and we all, you know, many of us have heard the story 6,000 times, um, so not going to harp on that. But what we want to really talk about today is the three things that that we as agents and and brokers can learn from this team. And so I'll talk about list them out quickly and then we're going to we're going to dive in. So the first is I think looking at uh, smart capital investments and looking at capital investments in our business and how those can can help us in the short and the long run. The second is um, establishing a process and a system for our business and sticking to that process and system. And the third is accountability and owning our actions and and uh, and, and kind of owning uh, you know what you know I wouldn't necessarily call them mistakes but just kind of owning our actions over the course of time and uh, um, so anyway so I guess the first thing that I'll talk about, that maybe we'll drill in is is this idea of 
capital investments and, and how we invest in our businesses. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, in 2006, uh, the John Paul Jones Arena was opened. Um, it's just an amazing arena. Has has back then won won awards, and it's just a great place to watch basketball. Um, and probably was a great uh, recruiting tool, or has been a great re recruiting tool to bring coaches and, and players and, and fans into the program. So us as a company, you know, we, we talk consistently, and, and any broker or agent does this, is looking at capital investments of what do I need to put into my business to kind of build this durable, sustainable business for, for the long run. And so love to get uh, Keith and Jim, get your thoughts on, on, on investing back in your business and reinvesting in your business. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting question because the obvious your mindset instantly goes to the office space, and I think that's the one where there's big dollar capital investment where we can where we spend in a large chunk. Um, but it's also an area in which agents claim nationwide that that's a shrinking importance. Um, but that capital investment also goes to the advertising, to the marketing dollars, to the you know to the systems we're putting in place, to the technology spends that we're investing in our agents. Um, but I think there are, again, you know, speaking to the JPJ or to, to the home office space, or not to the home, in like agent home, but our home office um, in Charlottesville, it's, it's putting forth what your, what your image is. It's putting forth who you want to be. It's, it's the outward manifestation kind of our, of our culture. Um, and I think it does, there's no question, that space that we have in Charlottesville, the spaces that we have in other offices throughout the country, it attracts agents. It attracts buyers. It attracts sellers. It's a um, it's a beautiful place to to be, but it also kind of shows the transparency of who we are. It's it's open workspace. It's not just um, you know typical mahogany offices, and and I think it's it spells out who we are differently, and it and it projects who we want to be. I, I think it's also you look at the capital expenditures. It's the the sh the shifting of of what we have and and what we're building also. It, I was just looking on. Um, I think U-Haul is uh, either coming down soon or it's right now, right? They're taking. I mean, they're taking it down right and taking down U-Haul. So I mean, they, it's that evolutionary phase of we had this awesome thing and then we built this better thing and we're going to get rid of what we used to have. Right. And so recognizing that you can't hang on to that one thing because it was great. I mean, I saw Bob Dylan there. I saw you know, a bunch of shows there. I saw Ralph Sampson play, but it's also that's now history. Uh, so recognizing the capital expenditures that. Um, that are important, but also, you know, evolutionary, you know, talk about the open office space, you know, we're not, we're building a couple cute, not cubes, but we're some individual office spaces within Nest Charlottesville, because that's one thing that, you know, it's, it's important. And Nest Asheville, I was down there a couple weeks ago, um, you know, they have similar spaces also. So it's, it's recognizing the, the right expenditures. They're going to make the team and the, and the brand more valuable. And you look at the life cycle of any uh, team or business and you're right, you know, that there's evolution and you kind of get to a point and you say, all right, well, it's amazing where we are right now. We've, we've accomplished amazing things, but what do we need to do to get to that next level? And right. I'm sure University of Virginia said, you know, U-Haul is fine. It's 8,800-ish seats. It's gotten us to a certain point, but we want to bring it to the next level. And it's what, you know, what we, what we do with website, right? We look at our website and we build a website and it's a great website and, and we've told agents and, and clients, oh, we're rebuilding our website. And they say, what's wrong with your website? It's fine now. It's, it works. It's great. Mm -hmm. And so looking, you know, I think that's a, a big question for any agent or brokerage is to look where they are right now and say, and there's nothing wrong with saying, I, I love where I am right now and I'm fine where I am and I'm 
my tools are fine. But if you really want to kind of push it, and you know, I'll use the term, you know, get to that next level or whatever that next goal you want to accomplish, you might have to make these capital investments. And another example that I'll give right now is our Nest Wilmington offices making some big investments in, in once again, office space. And they've got two new office spaces that they're building out, one that they've recently moved into and one that they'll move into um, this summer. Um, that's a that's a big resource investment for them, but they feel as though that's going to be part of the value that they can use to get that that local brand and that brand to the next level um, for them. I mean, there's there's a reason people like going in Apple stores. You know, they, you walk into an Apple store and you it just feels amazing. You walk, it's clean, the lines are great, the crowds are massive. You know, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's a beautiful space, and people recognize that when they look at the design perspective. You know, the, that matters. That first impression when they walk into that space is critical. And the other aspect of capital investment is uh, that we've done recently, I've been talking about for six years, is our investment in, at Nest into a technology platform, Nest right. Envoy. And, and uh, we could have taken multiple different platforms and systems and kind of glued, melded them together and made things work, but we had a vision of what we wanted the client experience to be and what we wanted our agent experience to be. And we said, we can't do it unless we build our own. And if we build our own, then we can really control the client experience and help our agents become more efficient. So for us, you know, it, it took us years to, to come to plan and, and make sure that we knew where we were going and we built the foundation and now we're building phase two of that. Um, but that was a big thought process in our points of like, where, hey, look, if we're going to get to this next level and we want to continue to grow and we want to help our agents become as efficient as possible, we want to provide our clients with an amazing client experience, we need to make this investment. Well, and I, I will say, you know, going back to the basketball question and, and the JPJ, what was interesting about that investment and, and, again, what we're doing within the tech platform is that you can spend an enormous amount of money on back-end pieces that change the experience for your employees, for your agents. They make life easier for your bookkeeper. The tech platform could have been purely just a way for us to do risk management better or for um, efficiencies. But the reality is, just like JPJ, you could have made investments in staff, you could have made investments in weight rooms, you could have made investments in, in better locker rooms, better travel, better you know, experience for the, for the kids who are playing. But if you don't make the investment in the customer and in the client, then that is such a limited value proposition of what your expense is. The return is just going to be minimalized. And so within our tech platform, we've moved it into kind of the a method by which our clients can track what's going on with their loans, with their, with their process of purchasing a home or the listing of the home. It becomes a client experience piece so that that tech platform touches every aspect of our business, not just you know, aiding in efficiencies and aiding in a cost, uh, you know, benefit for the firm. No, I mean, I, I, I and it's, um, for me, it, it's hard to say this out loud because I've used another system for almost 10 years for the, for the back end for my clients to use. You know, it, it kept us all on the same page, the lenders, the attorneys, the clients. And I've had a, a number of clients recently who have, you know, repeat clients and they've now used Envoy and, the, and it, with each of the one that used my previous system and now are using this one, I've, I've asked them, how is this re relative to what we, we used last time? And to a client, they've all expressed how much more beautiful it is, how much easier it is to use, and how much it makes the experience better, which is what we're trying to provide. Right? Right. And so it, it's, it's nice to hear that, that feedback from others 
who aren't us, who aren't looking at this every single day. So I think it's something that, you know, constantly evolving that, you know, what we're using, I think is, you know, is, is, again, it's, it's a, it's a massive thing what we do. Right. And I think, and that moves us nicely into kind of that second point that Jonathan brought up of needing to be able to put systems in place and processes in place and defining a plan for success. Because what you used with, you know, I believe you were using Basecamp in yep. the past. Now you've had to change your systems, but those systems are now available to all of the agents and all of our client base. Right. And I think when we are looking at how we help independent contractors create better and more efficient processes for themselves, but also a better experience for clients, that's that second investment that uh, that really has, has changed kind of the way our agents are looking at their business. And it helps them to see that this is not just a today question. This is about what is this going to do for them for the entire selling season, for the entire year, and for, for future client development and for, for, you know, the client experience? Absolutely. So that, you know, as Nest, we have taken on our shoulders the, uh, the weight of helping our agents with a process and with a system and establish, helping our agents to establish that process and system. But I think that any agent out there in the entire country needs to know that they need to have have processes and systems in place and just kind of back up a little bit of why this is relevant to the to the basketball analogy Tony Bennett came in um, 10 years ago and he had a, a plan and a system and a specific type of defense this pack line defense which he played and a specific pace that he played and it was a slower pace and wasn't necessarily the uh, uh, the most appealing um, perceived most appealing plan but he had a he had a system and a process and he stuck with that system and process and it you know, day one didn't lead to success. So this is, you know, what, what agents and, and brokerages need to know is put a plan together, figure out what your system is, figure out what your process is. And you need to have a process for um, for transaction management. You need to have a process for generating new business. You need to have a process for following up with business. You need to have a process for, you know, I think that the best example I can give is, is if you want to, um, you know, farm a neighborhood and try to generate business in a neighborhood, your first first mailing piece that you send out probably won't get any response, right? Right. So if you stop there and say, well, this didn't work uh, on the first go around, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Well, then you've, you've wasted time and money. But if you stick with that plan over the course of time, it's going to pay back. So that's one year, two years, three years, 10 years. You as an, as an agent can, can own that neighborhood and get, you know, and, and have an amazing return on investment. So that's, you know, I think, Sticking with the process and sticking with the system is uh, is important. Well, and I think you know to that end, the other piece is that when you have success, when you've you've put your plan in place, you've you followed through, and you gain hit your end goal, there is a tendency to sit back and say, "I've achieved my goal," right? And and the one of the comments that I love that I heard was, you know, Tony Bennett with his team after the championships, he said to them, he said, "Guys, he said, when you leave this room, everyone's going to expect you to be different because you're now national champions." He said. This doesn't have to change who you are. And I think there's a, obviously, it does change who they're perceived to be, right? They're now local legends. They're going to be, they're going to be out there for a long time. But the reality is, is that come next fall, UVA's got another season to play. The team continues going on. And guess what? There's still a goal out there and there's still a plan for reaching that success. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt real quick because I want to make sure we put in the show notes that the, the video of Tony Bennett, of, of them in the locker room after the fact, when they were all arm in arm, in that circle was one of the best three or four minutes that I've ever watched because yeah. it was just breathtaking how 
humble he he encouraged them to be and recognize that this is something that it it's a moment in time, but it's going to last for them for the rest of their lives, and to not let that change them. And I, I wanted that that was that three or four minutes was just extraordinary to watch. Yeah, I mean, um, I, and I will say to that note, obviously, it's I'm proud to live in Charlottesville and to have have a national championship team here. But the reality is whether that team ever wins another national championship, Tony Bennett stands out as one of the greatest humans that's coaching right now in, in college sports and just the way he deals with his his athletes, the way he deals with his community, the way he deals with his own success. He is just he is a complete rock star in, the, in that arena. But and, and that three minute period in the locker room proved every bit of it. Yeah. And I was watching on Twitter, and you know, the the various comments were people watching that and saying, "I'm not crying, you're crying." No, no, you're crying, I'm not crying, because yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was just exceptional. Yeah. So in, in terms of that process, I just want to drill in one more point, Jim. Uh, question specifically for you. So you you know in in the last couple of years have um, made the transition in your business to hiring an assistant, and that's been a big transition um, for you. So can you talk to me, uh, talk to us a little bit about about how that has impacted your business and your processes and your systems? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, have, having an assistant is, is really and truly enabled me to ride my bicycle more and have more free time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's and it has. I mean, having having an assistant has allowed me to to do more business, but to have my clients not necessarily feel like I'm doing more business because they don't care. You know, I don't think the client the client cares that you are bu- you are busy enough to be competent but not so busy that you can't take their phone calls. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, which is, you know, it's, it's a delicate balance between being, you know, this uh, high level of productivity, but also making sure that you're giving that same level of service because the, I was sitting in a listening presentation last week and she said, Oh, you're one of the, I said, Oh, how'd you find me? She said, well, you're one of the top 10 listing agents in Charlottesville. I said, like, Oh, huh. Which, which <laughs> I had no idea. And I said, you know, that's great, but you don't care that, you know, beyond that you don't care. And she said, no, you're here now. Right. Um, but from bringing the assistant, bringing Sarah on two years ago, uh, it probably took me six to 12 months to define my processes for every step in what I do from a client representation perspective. And that was, that was a hard process for me after doing it for 15, 16 years, the, the way I always knew to do it, but then taking the time to walk through everything and frankly, having the right personality to say, stop. You know, Jim, you're you're going on a ram, you're rambling on about this thing. I don't understand. And you didn't, you weren't necessarily winging it. You knew what you were doing before, but it's right. just a matter of getting that down. What's well, like coaching? On paper and, and yeah. teaching somebody and getting pushback of why do you do it this way? Mm-hmm. And it just makes you better. Well, it's, it's like coaching or teaching. The best way to to, to coach or do something is to t- show someone else how to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, teaching her how I do my do my things. Was it was enlightening for 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 her obviously, but also for me to say, oh, that's how it. Okay, I probably shouldn't do it that way because there's a better way. Um, but no, I mean, I think it's it's enabled me to do, you know, frankly, more business, um, represent more clients, but also keep my bandwidth sufficient so that I do have more free time to ride my bike when I want to and spend time with the family and and do those things that that we want to do. Um, and I think we were in a at Edmond earlier this year. I forget one of the speakers said that, you know, take time, to, you know, we're all busy, but take time to do those things for yourselves. You know, I went to the doctor, <laughs> you know, I went to get an annual checkup, which I hadn't done in years, you know, because I had 30 minutes to go in and just, you know, get checked on. Exactly. So I mean, I think it's that that's the sort of thing that the having someone who's able to take the, to do the stuff that candidly I don't want to do anymore. And so I think that's a great segue 
to this third point of accountability. Um, you know, once again, kind of going back to the UVA basketball example is when the team last year lost to UMBC as the first number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. Tony Bennett, he owned, you know, the 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 situation. He took, you know, he he. I've heard an interview, and we've all may have heard this interview that he said that the last thing he wanted to do was go up on that podium after the game and be interviewed by the media. And he took uh, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, who were the, the upcoming leaders of the team, and took them and said, look, you, I know you don't want to do this, but you have to do this. We don't want the seniors to be, you know, have the, to, to be up there on the, on the podium. And he took them up and, and they sat there and they answered those tough questions. Mm -hmm. And after the game, he didn't, he didn't take the game and sweep it under a rug, but he owned, he owned that situation. And it wasn't a, you know, for the for our for the UVA team, it wasn't the the good history for them that they didn't want to become a uh, history in that respect. But the fact that they've talked about it, they've addressed it, and they've they've just been accountable. They've owned, they've owned it, and there's mistakes made in that game. Hey, they didn't shoot well, and probably some other mistakes, but they owned it. So this with you know, it doesn't matter if it's in business or in life. I think that's just, a, just an amazing another amazing lesson from this team of just you know owning your situation and owning where you are. Um, any comments on that? I mean, I, I had I had a thing in my room when I was a kid, and it's it, uh, I had it on my wall, and uh, you know, and it said "make new mistakes," you know, and I think it's something that um, everyone screws up. Everybody's fallible. It's a matter of how do you address those mistakes and those screw ups. I mean, you know, UVA didn't have their best best game last year, but the way that they have executed from then to you know to the championship, I mean, it's it's you know it's phenomenal. So, I mean, it's not, the, you know, I think that they made mistakes, as we all do, but they used those as leverage to get better at what they do. And it wasn't to a person. They didn't point any fingers. They didn't say, you should have done this, or at least outwardly. And um, I don't know, it's, it's from, a, from a business perspective, from a life perspective, it's something that is, uh, it's, it's humbling to watch and learn from how they took that thing and made it into something that is, you know, they're, you know, they're legends now. Well, I, I will, I'll give you an example for my career in the past that I, I was listing a house and didn't get it sold and, and was eventually uh, didn't get my listing agreement renewed. And the reason why I was told was that the, the, my client told me that they didn't think that I treated them like I was their only client. They wanted to be treated like I was, that, that they were my only client. Right. And, you know, I, I went back and, and thought about that and said, how do, how do I how can I make every one of my clients feel like they're my only client? And it's something that I've, that I think about often is how, how do I do that? So you kind of run into those cases where potentially I made mistakes and you just look at it and learn from it and implement those new concepts in your business. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the point, the point, it's kind of like you walk into a hotel and they say, we can't see you right now because we're really busy. Like that's kind of the whole point of being here. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, and in real estate, it's, you know, you want to be busy, but busy, I think there's some, some justifiable negative connotations to busy. And there, there's productive, and there is, you know, you know, you don't have much free time, but busy for me is just... Well, and that, and that also brings back, I, I think, back to Frank Yosa's uh, video that he did. And Frank Yosa is an agent up in Northern Virginia, and he did a video of him literally sitting on the sofa looking at his phone that wasn't ringing at that exact moment because he, he said because he had been so successful, so many people felt that he was too busy. Right. And he needed to put out something that said, 
yeah, I am busy. I have a good business, but that doesn't mean that I don't have time to take on your call or your need or your discussion. And I thought it was a brilliant way of just owning that, that clearly he had been told by, by clients, you need more free, you need more time on that. So when I started practicing many years ago, um, God, it sounds so long ago when you say that. Um, you know, I started practicing with my mom. And I'll never forget this, that I was in there, and she, at the beginning, my first four years, five years of my career, she was my mentor. And I was in there and answered the phone, and she was on the, she was on the other line. And the person wanted to talk to mom, and I said, you know, Betty's really busy right now. She'll call you back in a little bit. And hung up. And then she got off the phone, and she gave me the message. Or I gave her the message, and she said, what would you tell them? I said, I said, you were really busy. And she, I mean, I don't think that she yelled but she I doesn't yell. Jim. I remember that she just lit into me because she said, I'm not too busy for them. And they don't ever want to hear that. And it's, it's stuck with me yeah. since, since that day of no one wants to hear me say, I'm too busy to talk to you. I might be, but they don't want to hear that. Right. And it's not about, it's, it's not about, it's what, what they feel and what they perceive more than anything else. Well, those are, uh, some, some great relevant comments about those three uh, those three points we want to talk about. So we'll wrap it up and congratulate the UVA men's basketball team on an amazing run. And um, thanks for 25th, listening. 25th national championship for UVA. Good way to end a season.